the opponent logos still gone in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center on a Wednesday night. And guess what? Ryan Day's not talking about any other programs uh, at all, no matter how many times that you want to ask about Connor Stallions or Purdue or Big Ten Championship game or anything else. Yeah. Focus is on Ohio State and getting ready for Saturday night. Uh, that opponent will be the Michigan State Spartans. That's Bill Landis. I'm Austin Ward. And these are snap judgments. They're brought to you by Byers Auto. Uh, so that made for, I think, a relatively uneventful Ryan Day lightning round and then a collection of Buckeyes that I don't – did you get a lot out of that, Bill? What did we learn tonight? I got a few things. Uh, quickly, Ohio State is beating opponents by an average of 19 points per game when they don't put the logo on the video. Oh, that's so. – that seems relevant. Yeah, keep that in mind for uh, you know wagering purposes this week, I suppose. Okay. Um, yeah, you know well, it that wouldn't be good enough this week. Well, well, but at least it's good to have that knowledge. Yeah, that you is. know what I mean. Thirty-one points is a lot. Thirty-one and a half, some places. It's always good to include point spreads if you're like trying to avoid a lawsuit too. Like that's a great <laughs> defense. <laughs> I don't know anybody who would try that, but I hope that law firm is making a lot of money. I'm sure they are. Billable, billable hours remain undefeated. Um, it was, uh, yeah, not the most eventful evening of, of interviews. I think it was okay. It's more of a, a more of a low key week here uh, in the Woody getting ready for Michigan State. Uh, I did spend a little bit of time with Josh Fryer, which is why I didn't hear a word Ryan Day said <laughs> because I was at Josh Fryer's table the whole time trying to figure out what happened on that sack uh, against Rutgers. That Ohio State's moving the ball. It's first and ten to take a sack. It's second and nineteen. They're well positioned before that, and then the, the drive kind of unravels, and that's a missed opportunity for points in the first half of that game. My initial read on that, it was funny. He was asked, it was like, what happened on the sack? And he's like, what are you talking about? And we <laughs> tried to explain to him what happened. He's like, I don't know what play you're talking about, but I was not responsible for a sack against Rutgers. Ooh. So then I showed him the video, and he's like, oh, 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 I know what you mean. <laughs> so on that play, he blocked the guy he was supposed to block. Rutgers blitz two. They had a running back in the backfield. There was a blitz on one side, a blitz on the other side. Travion Henderson sort of had to pick one. And he picked the other side. He picked the wrong side, I guess. Um, so that was not a breakdown by the offensive line, at least according to, to Josh Fryer and according to Ryan Day when I asked him about it on Tuesday. So uh, if anyone was wondering about that, that's kind of what happened. There. Well, you were. I was there because I'm interested in how this offensive line is um, diagnosing blitzes and how teams are trying to attack them now because it does feel like teams are – are blitzing a little more, I think, in an effort to try to pressure Kyle McCord because his numbers against pressure are not mm -hmm. particularly good this year. Um, so, like, that, to me, felt like a play where Rutgers kind of got Ohio State, and I think teams are going to see that and try to do similar stuff moving forward. But that was, I think, uh, probably a look they weren't expecting, let and less so like a total breakdown up front. I think it ended up being, like, five guys rushing to a side of the field where, or six guys rushing to a side of the field where I, I say it only ended up having four or five blockers. So we're just kind of outnumbered there. And and at least they don't leave that game and that play thinking like, oh, we blew that one. I think it was more <laughs> of like a tip of the cap to Rutgers more than it was a breakdown. Yeah, uh, those linemen always know if they got pinned with the yeah with the credit or blame for a sack. He did not, yeah. It doesn't sound like anyone on the offensive line got got dinged for, for that one. I think it was just uh, too many too many guys to handle given the protection call. Yeah, it does seem like, I mean, there's only three games left, so it's not like there's a ton more opportunities for teams to try and take advantage of this against Ohio State, but it has felt like Rutgers especially is like, well, as opposed to a year ago, where if you blitz C.J. Stroud and you were dead, yeah, and right. you had two, you know, two NFL tackles out there, uh, and you were going to get picked apart by the BPS, then mm -hmm. 
th this situation is different because of what we talked about with, you know, Kyle McCord has not made every read perfect in the last few weeks. The offensive line has not picked up every protection perfectly. And then there's been some drops on top of that. So it's like, it feels like an encouragement to opponents. Like, this is the only way. Because otherwise, if you're just going to sit back, I think at this point, Travion Henderson is going to slice you to death. So right. that's almost the only solution that teams have. Yeah, and I, I, they are. It's 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 interesting. And C.J. Stroud was the same way. Look, every quarterback's worse when he actually gets pressured. But the good quarterbacks, I think, are good against the blitz as long as the blitz is picked up. And Kyle McCord is the same. Like His numbers against the blitz in general are not terrible. It's when the blitz works or, for whatever reason, the team gets pressure with three or four where the numbers drop uh, precipitously. Um, yeah. So, but I don't. I don't think blitz pickup has been a problem for this offensive line all year. It's just a matter of like, is this? Are they trending toward teams doing more of it now? If if they view it as a as a little bit of a chink in the armor for them, I'm not, I'm not so sure it is. But I'm kind of like on alert for it as they progress here through these next two weeks building up the Michigan. All right, and it's a Woody Wednesday. So from there, we're, after we're diving into that lesson, you got to get in to some of the the injury latest. Uh, the last person to leave the practice field, uh, you know, you folks know, America, how much I love keeping track of that, was Cade Stover. Uh, still has a knee brace on uh, his right leg. He still has uh, wrist protection on his left hand, but he was working and trying to get back. Mekai Buka talked about his recovery process. Uh, a little bit rusty, didn't say he picked up anything new or dealing with any uh, residual effects of that, that he's ready to go. And he understood when they set him down for Penn State that, that was going to be the way that this all worked out. He didn't love that, but he, he, know that he knew that he had to work through it. Saw Denzel Burke leaving the practice field. Uh, Devin Brown is still available for Ohio State. Ryan Day said working towards 100%, not fully there. Uh, and what else? No, no update yet on Lathan Ransom. So we do not know. I did not see him leaving the practice field tonight. Yeah. Uh, so uh, TBD on that one. But the Buckeyes, I mean, knock on wood for November, I, I don't. I don't look at this team as like they are banged up and sore, but they don't have like a collection of season-ending, debilitating injuries. Yeah, knock on wood. Um, <clears throat> you're, you're right. Yeah, I, I think that it was good to see Denzel Burke. I think, in particular, walking off the practice field looking like a guy who had, who had gotten a good evening of work in. So uh, hopefully that Ryan Day I think was a little optimistic when he talked about that on Tuesday. So it does seem like that's progressing in a pretty good way. Um, Kate Stover is the interesting one to monitor. I thought they got a decent game out of G Scott last week when when he had to play in place of Cade. Um, and then like Emeka, like he got back, he played. Now I want to see him like take that next step forward, knock off that rust that he showed last week and, and help this offense take off. Come here. We got we to gotta get a special appearance here. Yeah. I've been asking for Hero Canoe to talk to us for weeks, and he's just so in demand. Uh, how's it going, man? Good to get out of you. It, it's good to see you out there. It looks like you're pushing for more. Maybe I'll just take this out so you can hear a little bit better. Uh, sorry, Berm, producing, but... <laughs> What's what's clicking for you right now? I feel like uh, I just got a little bit of momentum and just trust, gain trust from Coach Jay, and <laughs> I feel everything works out. And my teammates support me. Everybody is supportive of everybody. So, Bill was obsessed with a play you made two weeks ago, Wisconsin. Yeah, that run stop, <laughs> man, that was awesome. Yeah. Walk, walk me through that play. What happened there? So basically, you know, I got on the field. Talib was on there for forever. Yeah. Um, and you know, Coach Jay always talks about. And when your number is called, you got to be ready. It's not about um, how many plays you get, but what do you do out of the plays you do get. And, you know, I got out there. I already knew, like, based off the film, okay, they're running the ball. Because um, <laughs> actually, like, the package that was called was a, was a pass package. Yeah. But I, based off, like, the reads that I was able to make, I knew it was a run. 
And so he was around to me, like um, engaged with the blocker, yeah. snagged him. Like we we were taught in practice, and then you know just make the play. So we talked. I talked to you about this in spring. I was like, it's a process. You haven't played a ton of football, yeah. and then even in training camp, it was more of the same. Like, have you felt a difference between? March and April, and then August to what you've done in the last couple of weeks. Like, how how does that feel? Like, how is that different? I feel like, um, like Coach Jay and the whole strength staff is doing a great job of like, you know, giving us the necessary reps that we need, mm -hmm. and, but also not too many in order to like sustain a like twelve week, fifteen week season. Yeah, obviously it's a lot on your on your body, but um, I think we all got the perfect amount of snaps and. We all just learn, you know. <laughs> did you get some Champions League in before practice today, or what? <laughs> so what? Some Champions League? Did you, did you get to watch any, or are you just a no? Pro? no. Unfortunately, not. Okay, well, I don't want to spoil it for you then. <laughs> <laughs> no, my my barber, he's actually huge into like soccer. Yeah. And we always talk about it. Okay. And we always play FIFA too. That's, <laughs> that's the best part about it. All right. Well, it felt like it was a good performance for one of the teams that you care about, but we'll we'll just leave that for you. Thanks for jumping in here, man. I know you got a lot to do tonight, so thanks, Hero. Appreciate you. Thank you very much. Hero Canoe jumping in with us uh, real quick on some Snappy Jays uh, brought to you by Byers Auto. Um, all right. Been dying for that. Thank you. I've been, yeah. you know, you needed it. <laughs> I did. So yeah. let's have it. Let's have it. I knew that he would be willing. Yeah. Because so, he's a nice guy. All right. We can we compelled an answer for you. Now you can write another Hero Canoe. That's story. right. Yeah. Look for, look for it on rifles. All right. So. Uh, where else do do we go from there? Uh, defensive line's playing pretty good, so we talked to Hero Canoe, got that update. Jack uh, Sawyer's playing really Jack well. Jack Sawyer talked as well, so yeah, and JT. So we got a, a lot of that uh, from the Rushman tonight. I th like Jack is playing his best football. I think um, I know like PFF put out that graphic today that Ohio State shared. It was the only Power Five, I think, edge rusher who has a run grade and a pass grade above eighty. And it, like that's whatever. It's one thing, but it's impressive. Like it, it helps contextualize, I think, a little bit of of how well. Jack is playing his 10 tackles in the last two games. Um, I think five pressures in the last two games. He was excellent against Wisconsin. Um, I thought played pretty well again against Rutgers last week, really showing up against the run. And he was talking about just kind of getting more comfortable week by week, day by day, playing defensive end um, after making that kind of full-time change from playing the Jack position last last week. And I think this is what we wanted to see, right? When, when we knew that was going to happen, like, all right, this guy's going to take off a little bit. And I, I don't think he's hardly – kind of scratch the surface of what he can be, but I think he is significantly better than he was last year and even, you know, than he was in September. Yeah, it, you're seeing the things that we've talked about with him for not just three years on campus, but five years, going six years, going back to watching him as a recruit with the, the freaky athleticism. It has been a little bit of a, a push-pull and, and yo-yoing a little bit as, because of what you're talking about. It's not just the learning different positions, but it was the way that he was being physically asked to to do it changing his body like you knew that there was going to be some explosiveness and mm -hmm. and strength against the run in there but it was like all right well now gain 30 pounds and do that yeah. in like three months <laughs> well okay uh, he's willing to do that and i think that some of the conversation last year about the productivity and all, and all that stuff and like wondering is it ever going to happen for him like i don't know that it was fully appreciated that he was taking on something that he was asked to do that was probably not ideal for his long-term future mm -hmm. uh, and, and may not have even been what was best for Ohio State last year, uh, but he did it. And now you're, you know, it's still not like he's going to go win every one-on-one -on -one pass rush rep. Like uh, he's going to win a fair amount, but yep. that's 
what has made, I think, Ohio State so productive and difficult to deal with on defense is that those two are just not going to give up the edge most times. They Hardly ever do they do it. Um, and Jack did it against Wisconsin two weeks ago when he was like involved in all the goal line stands at the end of the first half and then showed up again when Ohio State made, what, four goal line stands yeah. against, against Rutgers. So, yeah, he's playing He's playing well. And, and I think he, he also looks like he is continuing to change physically. Like I thought he looked – obviously in the offseason or like spring and summer, he looked noticeably slimmer than he was last year. But even tonight, I thought he looked even more slimmed down from that. Like he looks like a defensive end. I, he, he looked to me more like a defensive tackle – Last year, and I know Zach Warren has talked about like Jack playing free tech some, but yeah, um, he has I think now the the measurables you want out of a defensive end, and he's playing really well at the spot. I like the idea of you know when they're in these run situations with Jack and JT as the bookends. If they get into the third and long like Rushman package, I I would rather see Jack inside and like Caden and Kenyatta on the edge. Like mm-hmm. that's, but again, like and Burn brought this up I think the other day. Like you can't. There's not a lot that you can really quibble with with the way that Larry Johnson has managed this rotation this year and the personnel. Like this has been a very solid season, and it it shouldn't come as a surprise given his his resume, his long term success in this in this profession. Like Larry Johnson is considered a legend for a reason. Uh, The last two years were not perfect, and there were opportunities to nitpick it. But you, it would be disingenuous to not recognize how right it's going right now, and that he's. He's doing a very good job leading a unit that if pass rush and, and cover all go together, like they're holding up their end of the bargain in a way that, that maybe they didn't the last couple of years, and they all deserve credit for that. Yeah. For, for what it's worth, uh, JT Tuimolowau was asked about Jack Sawyer, and he said he likes playing next to Jack. Huh. And then he corrected himself, and he said, sorry, I mean opposite ah. of Jack. Huh. But it got my antennas up a little bit, so huh. like maybe, maybe they've taken a snap or two side-by-side in practice, then maybe we'll see that someday. What day might that be? Two and a half. Yeah. What's the? I don't know. Yeah. Like uh, eighteen days from now. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, I, I did want to try and get a little insight to how much Ohio State may or may not be changing signals, communication, wristbands, all that stuff in preparation for the last week. And basically, the only uh, response I got from Ryan Day was like, "Yeah, that stuff's hard. Uh, probably not going to be talking about it. Uh, doing a lot of it. They're trying to beat Michigan State, and I." I get that. I wasn't trying to create any issues or, or reveal who was going to be hot uh, so that <laughs> the spies around here or Connor Stallions would know who to pick that up on. But like, I do think there's been an element where there's a national storyline that's been percolating that, well, stealing signals isn't that big of a deal and, and everybody does it. So you have to just adjust. And I, I don't think it's that easy. Um, and I wanted Ryan Day to explain some of that why but he didn't want to go down that road because it was going to be viewed i think as an attack or uh yeah suggesting that somebody need to be punished or making excuses so i i certainly understand that part you know i think he understood why i was asking that question when i clarified it but and it also came right on the heels of him being asked about you know the the purdue big 10 championship game and and michigan's only only defense which is deflection so he wasn't in a great mood to talk about that, which I completely understand. But there's also not great benefit for Ohio State to weigh in on that right now at all. So no, there's not, and and that that is like normal, probably weekly discourse, right? Or and even in the course of games, like oh, we think they might have 
this, this, and this. Let's let's change to this. It's when the other team has literally everything <laughs> that it becomes a little more of an issue, um, which I think is the stark difference between whatever happened with Ohio State Rutgers and Purdue and what happened with Michigan. But so <laughs> I'm I'm really amused by this. Though like one sheet photo that is a alleged to have been passed along. And and I will say this again for the record here on, on Snap Judgments that uh, and Ryan Day confirmed it on Wednesday night, and I reported it on Tuesday. What was alleged to have happened for Ohio State and Rutgers and Purdue uh, is not a violation of any rules, and compliance was checked by multiple programs around the Big Ten to confirm that. So uh, trying to create this uh, illusion to look over here, while well, mm-hmm. it's not the same thing, but but Ryan Day you know, talked about that anyway. Like That one piece of paper, which is like what they think Michigan's signs may have been, and then, like, you know, a couple of words compared to what we saw everyone on Michigan sidelines with, like, a 30-page yeah. laminated uh, Bible of play calls. Not Also not the same thing. There's, there's a really wild false equivalence going on here. Co- coaches call other coaches every probably Sunday and say, we're playing this team. What do you got? What do you got? Very normal uh, within the rules. Joe from uh, Ypsilanti sitting in the crowd with his cell phone videoing all your signals and then making and matching them up with the plays that happened is not the same thing. And yes, it might take longer to decode all of that than it is to uh, watch something on the sideline and figure it out. But you're not figuring out every single play from the sideline, which, again, is the difference. (sighs) So we didn't get uh, into the quarterbacks much, but uh, we can save that for another day. since we got a little a little bonus coverage there with Hero Canoe, yeah. I'm glad that he popped in to join us. I really enjoy talking to him. His journey is fascinating. And, and as Bill wrote about at OhioState.Rivals.com, uh, really coming along. It's somebody that if you're talking about maybe that last week of the regular season and trying to be tough in the trenches and stop the run, uh, could play a big part in that. But you can read that over there. Uh, a lot more coming the rest of the week as we get set for Ohio State and Michigan State on Saturday night, 730 in the Horseshoe. We'll have the picks on Thursday. Bold peas on Friday. Uh, what we'll talking stuff probably get me going. Thursday There's night, yeah, another. Yep. Is there more Kings? I, I don't know. We got so much more coming uh, before we get to Saturday night uh, that we hope you stick stay with us for all that. Schlegs will be kicking it off with us on the podcast daily on Thursday morning. So uh, come back and tune in for that. Uh, until then, he's Bill Landis and I'm Austin Ward. Thanks for joining us on Snap Judgments. They're brought to you by Buyers Auto, and we'll talk to you later.